Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين القائد المجاهدين وإمام المتقين صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله وصفيه من خلقه وخليله الذي قال عن نفسه أنا سيد ولد آدم ولا فخر آدم ومن دونه تحت لوائي أنا الإمام الأنبياء إذا اجتمعوا وخطيبهم إذا وفدوا ومبشرهم إذا أيسوا لواء الحمد بيدي وأنا أكرم ولد آدم على ربي فصلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى سائر النبيين وآل كل وسائر الصالحين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته All praise and gratitude is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him, we seek his help, we ask for his forgiveness We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil within ourselves and from our even evil actions And may his peace and blessings be upon our beloved, our prophet the last and final messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as it was said concerning him, that he had indeed conveyed the message, بَلَّغَ الرِّسَالَةِ وَأَدَّ الْأَمَانَةِ And he fulfilled his trust. وَنَصَحَ الْأُمَّةِ And he advised this great nation of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. وَكَشَفَ الْغُمَّةِ And he removed the darkness. وَجَاهَدَ فِي اللَّهِ حَقَّ جِهَادِهِ and he strived in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, giving it its full right. وَتَرَكْنَا عَلَى الْمَحَجَّةِ الْبَيْضَاءِ And he put us on the clear and enlightened path. لَيْلُهَا كَنَهَا رِهَا As clear as day as it is by night. لَا يَزِيغُ عَنْهَا إِلَّا هَالِكَ No one deviates from it except that he is completely and utterly destroyed in this life and in the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send his blessings on our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Today's talk is on a very broad topic. Um, there were some issues with the topic, but alhamdulillah, I'm very happy to be talking about the life of our messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is a topic which usually would take series. It will be done in a series. So in a series of maybe 12, 20 lectures if you cover his life from the beginning to the end. But inshallah, I, want, I just want to take a nubdha or a, a small portion 
of his life and to derive some uh, lessons from this. First of all, I'd like to start off with the verse from the Quran. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِدْتُمْ حَرِيسٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ This verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is talking about our beloved Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he's saying that there has come to you, verily, indeed, there has come to you a messenger from amongst you. From amongst you. عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِدْتُمْ that he is, it grieves him, it concerns him when any one of us was to be injured or to be harmed. This concerns the Prophet Rahim, And to the believers, he is kind, he is merciful, and he shows humbleness to the believers. I want to take us back in history. I want to take us back to the 11th year of prophethood or the 11th year after the hijrah of the Prophet So it's 11 years since the Prophet had arrived in Medina and it is now, if you can picture it, the month of Rabi'ul Awwal. Now I want us to draw our attention to the Sahaba. And if you can picture, they are gathered around the Prophet the Prophet والسلام, he is in the beginning stages of a very harsh illness that is causing him to experience a fever. His temperature is rising وسلم, but he is still leading the prayers. And because of the extreme heat from his fever, he, finds, he cannot find the energy to go and pray. So he gets some of his companions. He says to them, Hariku alayya sab'a qurabin. He says, Pour over, over me seven qurab, yani seven yani containers of water. And so they pour it over him, and the Prophet ﷺ finds the energy to make it to the masjid and to lead the prayers. He then gives advice. He says, لا قبري يعبد. He says, do not take my grave as a place of worship. And he, look at the Prophet And if you can imagine that this is the beginning of the Prophet's demise, he's about to leave this dunya. And what's his concern? لا قبري يعبد. Do not take my grave as a place of worship. I want you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet وسلم, in the same day, he starts talking about the good treatment of minority groups. That there are some, some certain aspects or some certain elements within a society that may feel marginalized. They may feel isolated. They may feel like a minority. So the Prophet ﷺ tells the companions how to treat them. And he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, nasa yakthurun, that the people are becoming greater. And indeed, Medina at that time was mali, it was full of people, and people embracing Islam and the frontiers were growing. And he says, Wat ansar, 
the number of the Ansar, the helpers, the residents of Medina, their numbers are becoming lower. So you can imagine, the Ansar are the people that were in Medina when the Prophet migrated with his companions to Mecca. They were the ones that aided them. And they are the ones who helped them. They are the ones who gave them jobs, who gave them employment. They are the ones who helped them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has a great status for them. He says, As-sabiquuna al-awwaloon min al-muhajirina wal-ansar wal-lazina taba'uhum bi-ihsanin radiyallahu anhum radu'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is well pleased with them and they are well pleased with him. And so the Prophet ﷺ continues, that their numbers are becoming so small like milh fi ta'am, like salt in a plate of food. And you know, it's a few droplets here and there. That's their number, the Ansar. And then he says, فَمَنْ وَلِيَ مِنْكُمْ أَمْرًا يَدُرُّ فِيهِ أَحَدًا أَوْ يَنْفَعُهُ فَلْيَقْبَلْ مِنْ مُحْسِنِهِمْ وَيَتَجَاوَزْ عَنْ مُسِئِهِمْ He says, and whoever of you comes into a position of authority where he can do harm or he can do good, then he says, accept the good things from the Ansar and let the other things which you, see, which you may see from them, let them pass. You know, the, the bad things that you may see from them, let them pass. Don't worry about it. The Prophet ﷺ is telling the companions that this is how you treat all segments of society. Do not make people feel isolated. And this was his concern. And then he says, إِنَّ عَبْدًا خَيَّرَهُ اللَّهُ بَيْنَ أَن يُؤْتِيَهُ مِنْ زُهْرَةِ الدُّنْيَا مَا شَاءُ And he, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that indeed a slave has been given the choice of the, the gardens of this, of this worldly life. And that which is in the hereafter. And he has chosen the path of the hereafter. Upon hearing this, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he narrates, that the Prophet ﷺ, after he had said this, Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, his beloved companion, he got up and he began to cry. And he said, May my mother and my father be ransomed for you, O Messenger of Allah. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he says, Qala nas he says, the people said, Man hadha shaykh? Who is this, who is this old man? The Prophet is talking about um, a, a slave that has been given two choices, a person that has been given two choices, the choice of this dunya and in the hereafter. Why is he now standing up and crying and saying, may my, my father and mother be ransomed for you? It doesn't, you can't see the context in this. But then Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he says that at this point, I thought about it further. I, I start to think about it clearly. And he says that, ah, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he really understood the reality. He knew, he understood the Prophet's words. It meant that the Prophet had chosen the hereafter. It meant that the Prophet had chosen the hereafter and he was about to leave their presence, which is why Abu Bakr al-Siddiq began to cry. And Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, he says, وَكَانَ أَبُوْ بَكَرْ أَعْلَمُ He was the most knowledgeable from amongst us. The next day on the, on the 8th, of Rabi'l Awwal, 
the Prophet ﷺ, again he gathers the companions and he gives advice. He says that delegations, number one that the delegations, the people that come to uh, us from outside, so you could imagine that now the Prophet ﷺ in Medina had a state, it was an authority, it was an established authority, and now there were delegations coming from other countries and they would visit uh, the Messenger of Allah and the Muslims. He said, he said, these delegations, he said, treat them with honor and dignity when they come. Okay, meaning they have certain rights. He also as well stated, and the, the last thing, it was forgotten by the narrator, but some of the um, scholars of Sirah, they say that he advised the mobilization of Usama's uh, army. Okay, and others say that he was saying, As-salatu wa ma malakat aymanukum. Okay, others say that he said, As-salah, the prayer, and that, uh, and, and the people under your authority. And he treat them well, meaning, anyone that is under your authority, treat him well. And, um, and this is what the Prophet ﷺ had said. That evening, the Prophet's illness had gotten worse. It got more severe. To the extent that he could not no longer bring himself up, even when water was being poured on him. And so, he said, he says, let Abu Bakr pray and lead the prayers. And from this point on, Abu Bakr Siddiq he would begin leading the prayers of the Muslims, except on the occasion when the Prophet felt better. And the next day, the Prophet begins to feel better. He comes to the prayer, he leads, but Abu Bakr as-Siddiq is on his right side. So the Prophet is on the left and Abu Bakr is on his right and he's raising his voice at each takbir. That's the next day, and this is, this is now, we're, we're, we've skipped a few days. Now it is the Monday. The Prophet he is in his in Aisha's house. He cannot bring it, he cannot bring himself to go to the masjid to pray. So he opens up the curtain, and this is narrated by Anas, none other than Anas bin Malik radiallahu an. He lifts the curtain and he sees the Muslims lining up in their prayer. And you could imagine the scene, the sight. The Sahaba were so concerned about the Prophet they were probably thinking, how, I'm, all I'm thinking about is how well the Prophet is. Is he feeling sick today? Is he not? And when they see, he moves the curtain and they see the Messenger of Allah And the Prophet وسلم, as Anna says, نَظَرَ إِلَيْهِمْ he, he, he began to look at them. ثُمَّ تَبَسَّمَ وَيَضْحَكَ He then smiles at them and he laughs. And you can imagine what the Prophet's thinking. He's looking at his companions lined up for Salat al-Fajr. The masjid is full. The, the, this is his fruit. This is what his da'wah was for. He's seeing the fruit of his da'wah now. All the persecution 
the struggles that happened in Mecca at the beginning of the message, he's now looking at his, at his ummah, his ashab, his companions. And he's smiling and, and his face is beaming. And Anas bin Malik in another narration, he says that his face was like a warqat mushaf. That it was like the a white clean page. It was so bright and it was so shiny. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he says, this sight of seeing the Prophet of Allah smiling at us was almost going to be a fitna for us. It was almost going to be a trial from us, a distraction for us from our salah. It was about to become a fitna for them in their salah. And then the Prophet ﷺ had indicated to Abu Bakr, lead the prayer. I cannot, I cannot bring myself to be in, 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 in your rows. Even though I would love to be there standing with all of you, I cannot lead the prayer. Abu Bakr then leads the prayer and um, finishes. The Prophet ﷺ closes the curtain. During the day, the Sahaba begin to visit him. Abu Bakr Siddiq, feeling or, or seeing that the Prophet ﷺ is getting better, he goes off to see and visit his wife. Because Abu Bakr Siddiq, during these days, you can imagine, he was his beloved companion. Every single day he would want to be with him, want to serve him. Okay? And maybe he hadn't seen his wife in about you know, weeks. Maybe he didn't see his wife in weeks. And he saw the message of Allah, his face was beaming. And he thought, oh, the Prophet ﷺ is better, I'm going to go and visit my wife. The people begin to visit the Prophet ﷺ. One of the visitors is none other than his daughter, Fatima radiallahu anha. Upon seeing, and you can imagine that this is his beloved daughter Fatima, who when the Prophet ﷺ is in Mecca, and when the Quraysh had put um, the entrails of a sheep or a goat on his back whilst he was praying, Fatima was the one who was picking it up and removing it from his back. She was the one that was looking after her father. And now she sees her, her father in this dismal state. He's in a state of, of being ill. And he signals her to call. And at this point, the Prophet ﷺ, he, his, his voice is at a whisper. And he says to his daughter Fatima, Laysa ala abika karbun He says, Your father will no longer suffer after today. Your father will not suffer after today. And at this point, Fatima begins to cry. And then the Prophet sees his daughter crying. And you can imagine when you see your daughter crying, you want to comfort her. You need to give her good news. The Prophet wasallam, he then says that you will be joining me, the first woman to join me in Jannah. And you are the master of the women of Jannah. And at this point, Fatima begins to laugh. And she presents Hassan, his grandchildren Hassan and Hussein. The Prophet wasallam, kisses them. And then... She leaves. The Prophet ﷺ is in the presence of his wife, Aisha radiallahu anha. He is lying on her lap. 
and he is brushing his tooth with, with a miswak. And Aisha sees something of the Prophet ﷺ, that the Prophet, he begins to look up skywards. He lifts his finger and at a whisper, and Aisha has to listen in closely now. And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, he says, with those of you whom have you have bestowed your grace upon, Minan from the Prophets, Wasiddiqeen and those who are trustworthy, Washuhada and the martyrs, Wasaliheen and the righteous. He wants to be amongst these company, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He's now cho choosing that this is this is what I want. And he says, Allahumma ghfirli, oh Allah, forgive me, warhamni, and have mercy on me. And these words, I just want to, and he stopped for a bit. This is the message of Allah. He is, according to, to the Muslims, this is part of our aqidah, part of our belief, is that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he's ma'asum, he's infallible, he, can, he doesn't make a mistake. He's an example for mankind, he cannot make a mistake. But look at him, and, it, and this demonstrates, he's showing something to us. He wants to tell us something. That we should always seek the forgiveness of Allah. Allahumma ghfirli, warhamni, show mercy on me. And he says, Allah, wa alhikni bi rafiq al-a'la, and bring me to the highest companion. Allahumma rafiq al-a'la, and he says, Oh Allah, the highest companion. And he says this three times, and the messenger of Allah, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, leaves this dunya. This moment was the most saddest moment in the history of mankind. Our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam had left this dunya. And you have to remember that for the Sahaba, the Prophet was not only a prophet, a messenger. He was their teacher, he was their guide, he was their father figure. He was their leader, he was this counsellor, he was every single person that you could think of embodied in this one person and now that he has left this dunya. And you can imagine the loss that Fatima radiallahu anha was feeling. She says, فَلَمَّا مَاتَ قَالَتْ يَا أَبَتَ She says, Oh my father, أَجَابَ رَبَّ دَعَاهُ You have responded to the call of your Lord. يَا أَبَتَ مَنْ جَنَّةَ الْفِرْدَوْسِ مَأْوَاهُ To you, Jannah is your abode. يَا أَبَتَ إِلَى جِبْرِيلِ نَنْعَاهُ Oh Allah, I announce to Jibreel of your passing. Anas bin Malik radiallahu an, he says in a very famous statement, he says, لَمَّا كَانَ الْيَوْمُ الَّذِي دَخَلَ فِيهِ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ الْمَدِينَةَ he says, when the Prophet ﷺ entered Medina, everything was enlightened. This was the happiest day of his life. And Anas bin Malik, remember this is the person who at this point when the Prophet dies, he is 20 years old. When he accompanies the Prophet ﷺ, when his mother 
Rumaysa gives him as a servant, she says, take my son, I want him to stay with you, I want him to be with you, O Messenger of Allah. When the Prophet migrates to Medina, he is 10 years old. He is 10 years old. And he said that when I saw, when I laid my eyes on the Messenger of Allah, when he entered Medina, this was the happiest day of my life. Everything seemed lighter and brighter and more happier. And he says, he says, and when he departed from this dunya, everything seemed dark. And you could imagine Anas, Anas radiallahu an, he was with the Prophet of Allah since the age of 10. Living with him, breathing with him. And he comes up with narrations and he says that never did the Messenger of Allah say to me, do this or do that. Uh, never did the Prophet of Allah say this, do this or do that. Usually when you have someone that's always with you, you ask him for favors. Never did the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say this to Anas. And you can imagine why Anas loved him so much. Even the descriptions in Shama'il Muhammadiyah, Tirmidhi, all the hadith pertaining to the attributes and the characteristics of the Prophet a lot of these are related by Anas. That when you shook his hand, it felt like silk. That ma lamastu hariran. I didn't even, I've never felt any silk more softer than the hands of the Messenger of Allah. Meaning that the Prophet would shake his hand. That ma ra'aytu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam illa mubtasiman. I never saw the Messenger of Allah except that he was smiling. Look at, and you can imagine the relationship that he had with the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And now the Messenger of Allah had departed. And now everything for him had become dark. He didn't seem right. And he, Anas bin Malik, he says that not a day goes past that, it, that every time I see the face of the Messenger of Allah, I begin to cry. And Anas bin Malik, he lives up until 106 or so. He lives up till 160. So you can imagine since the age of 20 to 160 years old, he's crying every single day. Why? Because he misses the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is our beloved Prophet. This is our beloved and noble Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is the life that he lived. He lived a life of struggle. And to, to look at his life, you can break it up into two pieces. When he lived in Mecca and when he lived in Medina. In Mecca, he experienced some of the greatest trials that were to ever face any person that was to stand on the face of this earth. He, he faced opposition from all ends, from all spectrums of, of society. People had thrown at him names like Kahin, that he's a soothsayer, that he is a sahir, that he is um, a sorcerer, that he was crazy. They said that you are challenging the belief of our forefathers, you must be crazy man. That's what they were saying to the Messenger of Allah. And who did the Messenger of Allah had, have? He only had Allah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is confirming that ma anta bi rabbika bi majnoon. That no, O Messenger of Allah, by, by the ni'mah of Allah, you are not majnoon, you are not crazy. Ma anta bi rabbika bi majnoon. You are Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And not only that, not only was he mocked in his lifetime, like we see today with the film and the cartoons, etc. 
he was also hurt physically in Mecca. Okay, and no other incident highlights this than the incident of Uqba um, bin Rabi'ah. Uqba bin Rabi'ah, he accompanies the Messenger of Allah. He invites him to his house. He says, I want you to eat from my food. The Messenger of Allah eats, comes to his house and eats his food. And he seemingly embraces Islam. He says, Ashhadu wa la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. And then uh, a few weeks later, his friend Umayyah bin Khalaf, one of the Sanadid al Quraysh, he comes and he says to him, I can't believe what I hear from you that you have embraced this religion. And he said, No, I was only joking around. This is what Aqwa bin Rabi'ah said. And Umayyah bin Khalafi says, the only way that you can prove to me that you have not embraced this religion is I want you to go to the Messenger of Allah, his house. I want you to put him on the ground and I want you to spit on his face. So what does Aqba bin Rabi'ah do? He goes to the Messenger of Allah, his house. He, he sees him. And our beloved messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he is making sujood. He is the closest that a person can be to his Lord. He is making sujood. And he flips him over and he spits on his face. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, knowing that he's in Mecca, that they're in a position of weakness, he says that next time we meet in Mecca, meaning that after we have been given the authority, the only thing between me and you is the sword. But then he has to remain patient. He remains patient, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And what's the destiny of this man, Uqba bin Rabi'ah? It's in the ayah of the Qur'an. And this is the, the sabab nuzul, the reason for the revelation of, um, of this ayah is this story. يَوْمَ يَعَضُّ ala Okay? The day on which the zalim, the oppressor, will be biting on his fingers. We're biting on his hands. He says, Woe to me that I did not take the messenger of Allah as my guide. Woe to me. Our beloved Prophet Muhammad in Mecca, that was his life. In Medina, he begins to establish the authority of Islam. Islam begins, begins to grow as a, as a religion, as a deen, as a system that's been operating on a societal level. And the Prophet ﷺ is now a statesman. Not only a messenger, but he is a statesman. But at the same time, he is humble. And he shows us the essence of humility. When, for example, he enters into Mecca again. From Medina, he enters into Mecca as a victor. He's victorious. He doesn't boast and put up his head and have his chest up high, arrogant and proud. No. The Messenger of Allah lowers his gaze entering into, Medina, uh, entering into Mecca. And he doesn't put any praise on himself. The, th the first thing he utters, he says, Alhamdulillahi anjaza wa'da wa nasara abda wa hazam al-ahzaba wa'da he says, praise be to he who brought about the victory himself and who destroyed the armies himself. Nothing is from me. Nothing is from me. 
This is our message of Allah. And just to finalize, how do we honor this legacy of our message of Allah? How do we honor it? We, you know, we adore and we hear about the life of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, but how do we honor his legacy? Number one is by loving the Messenger of Allah. And when I say love, I mean loving him more than we love our families, more than we love our children, more than we love ourselves. And indeed the Prophet he expects this from his ummah. He says, لا يؤمن أحدكم That verily none of you will truly believe حتى أكون أحب إليه Except when I, I, I am more beloved to him than his parents, than his children and all the people gathered together. Secondly, we can honor the Prophet by obeying him. It is very easy for us to say that we honor the Messenger of Allah. But it is very difficult to obey and follow in his footsteps. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he commands this in and obey Allah and obey the Messenger. Second to Allah, you obey the Messenger. We obey his commandments. This is how we honor him. Also referring to him in any sort of disputes that we may have, any sort of questions that we may have, any sort of um, things that are challenging us intellectually, we should bring it back to the Messenger of Allah and how the Prophet ﷺ guided us in, on these matters. And also finally, we honor the Messenger of Allah by working towards establishing his deen comprehensively. This is how we, we will honor the Messenger of Allah. If we have the authority, then no longer can we have people that are dishonoring the Prophet And with that, I end, I end by stating, Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi, Ya ayuhal ladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima, wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallimu barik ala Sayyidina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.